Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. Father, in today's podcast, I'd like to talk about, I guess, the concept of novenas and how they work. The, what's bringing this up here is that on Tuesday mornings, um, Therese and I had been doing the novena of St. Anthony. Um, we do the, the Divine Mercy novena and just kind of wanted to talk about the concept of them, what they are and why they're important and just kind of let that be the starting point of today's cast. Well, the concept of a novena comes from the period between the Ascension and Pentecost. Jesus ascended into heaven 40 days after the resurrection, after Easter, and then he told his apostles to go to the upper room uh, and to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to come down upon them from on high. And that period of waiting between 40 days after Easter and 50 days after Easter was a nine-day period of waiting with the day of fulfillment on the 10th day. And so novena is from the, the Latin word nova, which is nine. So you have that in different Romance languages. Uh, so it's really meant to be nine days of prayer. And the idea being that uh, just as God asked the apostles, the disciples, Our Lady, to gather together in the upper room for those nine days of prayer. There's something valuable about nine days of prayer and then a fulfillment. So a particular intention, he gave them the intention in that case. And the intention ultimately is always the Holy Spirit. We're always asking for a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit, maybe for a particular uh, person or a particular situation, but ultimately we're always asking for more of God. And so we follow that model in taking on a prayer for nine days and then awaiting that, asking for that fulfillment, usually for a particular intention. So that's the, the structure, the kind of specific structure of novenas. What you're talking about, Joe, with a, a, a novena to St. Anthony every Tuesday is not strictly a novena. Sometimes uh, that'll be done for nine weeks, or somebody might participate in it for nine weeks. But basically, nine days of prayer became a weekly prayer uh, for a specific intention to a specific saint, something like that. And then the parishes just started doing that every you know, week on that day. And so then people would kind of check in and check out of that or, or just continually pray to that saint or uh, for that particular intention. So just a, an element of Catholic culture. You can see how a kind of specific practice bleeds out into the life cycle of the church into the, and affects the calendar of a particular parish. And then there are sometimes, I think, um, there's, a, there's a parish in Pittsburgh that has that novena to St. Anthony across a certain number of weeks leading up to the feast day of St. Anthony on June 13th. And so there is a kind of every Tuesday, nine Tuesdays up to June 13th or something like that. Uh, there's also the this sad, the first Saturday devotion, although I think that's usually at least five first Saturdays. But that's the kind of thing that, that we do, kind of a, a continued prayer rather than just you know, we can imagine the most uh, whimsical prayer or least committed kind of prayer is, you know, I'm just walking along and I think of something and I say, oh, God, that would be nice. Okay, that's not much of a prayer. 
I'm not really putting my heart and soul into that, we might say. And by extending something over a period of time, by repeating something a number of times, it helps us to invest our humanity in it a lot more and to make an offering of ourselves, our time, our attention, our energy. And, and there's something that changes in us in that process as we make that kind of offering. In our last podcast, Joe, you asked about the Jewish practice of sacrifice and how different it is to raise a ram and bring it in from the field and offer it in sacrifice in the temple compared to the kind of thing that we do in the mass, just sort of like showing up for an hour on Sunday. And how that kind of intentionality, that kind of commitment, that kind of awareness that our daily activity is connected to our Sunday worship, that can fall by the wayside for the Jewish sacrifice just as well as it can for the Catholic mass or the Catholic practice of worship. Or to the reverse, we can be more intentional about that. We can make that connection. We can tie our daily activity together. So novenas help us to do that. They help us to consecrate time a little bit more and to hold a particular intention for a longer period of time and make a more a fuller investment of our heart and soul in a in a particular prayer. Yeah, and and I guess that's kind of the the the, the goal of what I was trying to get to here is about investing more of ourselves, more of our humanity as you put it into getting closer to God. Obviously, that's one of the underlying missions of of our cast here and that's precisely it is, is that, you know, going off of last week's cast where you have an intentional effort to raise part of your labors to go towards the, the worship of God. And, um, you know, obviously what brings us up is, is the particular church that I'm in has a couple of them, one of which being uh, Divine Mercy, um, which starts on Good Friday and ends the week after Easter. And that one is always um, very well attended. It seems like there's something extra to a novena service. I mean, obviously you say the novena prayers, which adds something, but there just seems to be something extra in the air. And I don't know if that makes sense or not, or or if that's right, but it just tends to be a feeling that I get whenever I'm in one of the masses that coincides with an individual novena. And that Divine Mercy Novena has a very special uh, history and formulation. It's part of the revelations that Jesus made to St. Faustina Kowalska, who is a Polish nun who lived in the first part of the 20th century. She lived to the age of 33, I believe. And she started to receive these interior words from Jesus at a, a certain point and was writing those down in a diary, which is very beautiful, her uh, diary of divine mercy is usually what they call that. And as part of that, Jesus revealed to her the divine mercy chaplet, and then he also revealed a, a novena of divine mercy that spans from, as you said, Good Friday to the Sunday after Pentecost. Good Friday is, of course, we might say the wellspring of divine mercy because all mercy is really confirmed by God on the cross and flows from the pierced heart of Christ on the cross. So the mercy really pours into the church from there. And then Jesus had also revealed his desire 
to revealed to Saint Faustina his desire to establish a particular feast of divine mercy on that Sunday after Easter. And so then, after that feast was established by John Paul II in the year 2000, I believe, the the novena extends from Good Friday, which is the font of divine mercy, to the feast of divine mercy on the Sunday after Easter. And there are particular intentions and um, particular prayers for each day, each of those nine days. And Jesus revealed all of that to St. Faustina to pray for uh, priests and the Pope and to pray for the, the sick and the suffering, to pray for those who are far away from the mercy of God, to pray for a, a variety of these, these different intentions. And so all of that has a kind of a special quality to it, and the timing is very intentional as it kind of carries the, the beautiful prayers of Lent that are really culminating in those last three days, the Triduum, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and kind of carrying that theme. Uh, a lot of times people get, you know, crank up their prayer a little bit more for Holy Week, that whole week from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday. And then the Divine Mercy Novena has a way of just kind of pouring that over into the Easter season, into the Easter octave and carrying on the prayer, lest we would sort of like hit Easter and then just cash in, you know, and stop praying, which is always a danger. A lot of people, you know, pastors go on vacation and things like that. and um, But we want to keep praying, of course, once we hit Easter. So so that intense time is is very beautiful. And then Jesus had revealed to St. Faustina that a consequence of that Divine Mercy Novena was really to bring people back to the church. And so on the, the Feast of Divine Mercy, after praying that Divine Mercy Novena, you know, everything is forgiven. And there's a sort of special grace attached to that, which we would characterize as a plenary indulgence and, and just a, a sort of free-for-all. You know, today is the day. You've been away for 40 years. This is the, you know, the, the get out of jail free card, the clearance sale, you know, these are kind of silly secular images to describe what's really an amazing gift from God. And so in a lot of places, they celebrate the Feast of Divine Mercy, the Sunday after Easter, with some special devotions. I've been involved in one in State College for a number of years. We have a holy hour, pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet, and priests available for confession. That's really the big ticket item is leading up to that point of confession. So when the whole church, so many people throughout the, throughout the world are offering that Divine Mercy Novena, and all of that prayer is pouring out for all these different kinds of people, and including you know, people who are far away from, from God and really need His mercy in a special way. And then you have priests who are lined up kind of to catch them. You, know, you can think of uh, the, the, the priest ready to receive. It's like the, the grace of prayer from the faithful is, uh, I guess you do this in hunting, you know, you, you kind of drive the, uh, the, the prey, whatever it is, the deer, the bear, the something, you know, there are those who drive them out of the brush, and then there are those who are ready to, to make the catch, you know, or to make the shot in the case of hunting. But the priests are there hearing confessions as a way of receiving people who are being moved under the influence of that prayer. And I've had the real blessing of hearing confessions on Divine Mercy Sunday for many years. And it's beautiful, the people who come who have been away from a long, for a long time and say, you know, I just knew, I'll, I'll ask them, you know, you've been away, what, what brought you back? 
well, I, I heard that this is the big day. You know, this is the day to come back. <laughs> Just amazing how that, that's a cultural thing that builds up and that's moved by the, the grace of prayer. So in contrast to a number of other novenas that, you know, you might offer devotionally, maybe your parish offers, that Divine Mercy Novena is one that's pretty universal. People all over the world are offering that Divine Mercy Novena. And so there's something really special, really powerful about that, that particular time of, of prayer and, uh, you know, the, the intentions that were revealed to, to St. Faustina. Yeah, it's, it's like I said, there's definitely something tangible about it. And yeah, as you say that, I'm thinking about it is there's been Easter masses that there have been more people at the following Sunday on Divine Mercy Sunday than there mm. were at Easter. And when you think about that, that's, that's something. <laughs> so he does. Yeah. The, the, obviously the, there's a lot of different elements and each day has a, a particular emphasis with it. And I, I don't want to mess up the order, but I do know that the, the priests are one. Those who don't know God is, is actually seems like it's carried out over a couple of days set in different ways with, different variances of a relationship with God. And it seems that as you go through the week, it's calling ultimately for a a deeper relationship with God. And I've always just found it to be a, just like an energy around it. I, I don't know how to say it, but there's just something incredibly positive and incredibly just holy, I guess is the way to put it, that comes around being in that novena. And uh, just something like I said, that, that had come up in this conversation that I wanted to emphasize there. Because um, there, there's, there's a lot to it. Absolutely. So with, with that being said, part of what what you're getting at here is kind of a structured way of prolonged prayer as as the novenas are. And getting back to divine mercy, I think that that's part of the extra one is that was Jesus telling you how to do it. And, you know, we do the Our Father as he taught us in the gospel how to do it virtually in every major prayer that we do. So I think that there's a lot to it. And obviously we're not exactly close to Easter right now recording this in November, but um, definitely something to put on your calendar if it's not already a part of of, of your um, liturgical calendar, something to think about and to do. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a wonderful practice. Again, as you said, starting Good Friday and carrying through Easter week, culminating on Divine Mercy Sunday, the Sunday after Easter. It's a wonderful novena. But like you said, Joe, the for a lot of different intentions and sometimes in a Sometimes they call it a permanent novena or something like that. People or parishes that will pray, say a particular prayer every day that has a, an intention attached to it. Um, but uh, there are so many beautiful novenas. You know, if you look those up online, whatever your favorite saint is, there's probably a novena for that saint. Or a, a rosary novena is uh, very beautiful. You can't say the rosary every day. Can you say it for nine days? You know, can you make that special intention for something that's really important to you and that you want Our Lady's assistance with? 
it's just it's not magic you know we should always be clear about that it's not like you do these do x y and z and then out pops the result it's not like that it's a relationship but like with a lot of relationships when we are are maybe uh working on something in particular i know people who will sometimes do some intensive therapy and they'll schedule meetings you know five days in a row or ten days in a row because they're really pressing into something that's serious and needs that repeated attention. And when we're uh, maybe working on a project, we might set up meetings maybe at your workplace. You only meet once a month, but because there's a particular project with a deadline, we're going to set up those meetings every day. You know, that's the sense of a novena. It's a, it's a meeting with God every day, working on this kind of project, this, this intention that's come up. And just like with those uh, projects at work, uh, this, the same thing is going to benefit from our repeated meetings with God in a in intense time through through a new novena prayer. Yeah, it's it's habit forming too. You know, you, your best relationships are the ones that you see people often, or at least you communicate in some way regularly, and. There definitely is something to it where you might not normally go to a daytime mass or a weekday mass, but the habit of of, of going to one is is there. Um, you know, I mean that that's the case with me during Divine Mercy Week. Um, all of those in between masses during that first week of Easter are something that you know I don't normally go to a typical you know Thursday morning mass, but you do for that. And it's something that that only can strengthen and build up your relationships accordingly with God, which is the ultimate goal. And the other part is once you start getting into habits, it's a lot easier to keep that momentum going rather than starting it up from scratch. So, like I said, it was kind of a, a, a different topic here about Novena. It's something I've always had a, a question about with them. And I wanted to to use this space for it. Uh, is there anything else that you kind of like to talk about on this topic? Um, yeah, just when we reflect on novenas in general, it's a wonderful part of Catholic culture, giving us the opportunity to enter into prayer a little bit more intensely and intentionally, whether by ourselves or with a group. And... Again, as I mentioned at the beginning, it derives from the example of Jesus and the apostles. Jesus sent the apostles and disciples into the upper room back to Jerusalem to wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He invited them to open to nine days of prayer. And that was more than just saying a prayer every day. They were really living in that space, almost like a nine-day retreat. And they took those nine days, and the result was the birth of the church, was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so so we look to their example when we want to pray more intensely, more intentionally for a particular uh, prayer requests that we have, for a particular concern, for a particular kind of discernment. Another classic uh, novena that seems to be very popular is praying to St. Therese of Lisieux, St. Therese of the Child Jesus, for nine days. And it's said that uh, 
one a positive result or a sign of answered prayer is receiving a rose on that ninth day or on that tenth day, that day of fulfillment. And gosh, I've heard just so many stories. So many people have stories of having prayed for a particular intention for nine days and the tenth day, not even looking for it and getting a rose, sometimes a bunch of roses. Sometimes uh, roses appear out of season. Somebody brings them roses. And people who have no idea that they're uh, praying this novena and then on the particular day. And so just a, a wonderful way to open ourselves to the grace of God and uh, to invite others to do that with us. Yeah, and it's uh, it's definitely beautiful. We do that one too. <laughs> that's 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 something is is when all the uh, all the rose rose petals do their thing at our church. It, it's definitely a thing that our parish get, gets excited about. Um, well, one of the thoughts you you gave me there was about how you said this originally started with the apostles in the upper room, and just to kind of think of what they were going through there, they barely a month earlier saw Jesus die more than he came back, talked to them. And that had to be a shock and awe by itself, God returning and then sitting up there waiting for the next promise. And it just had to be such a, a whirlwind of, uh, of emotions that they went through. And essentially those two months to go and create the church out of it, something as enduring and important as they did. That's uh that might be a whole thought for a whole nother cast, but that's just something that, that, that just hit me there and trying to think of what you would do if you were one of those people in that room. Well, you give us a wonderful example of how we can meditate on particular mysteries. You know, what you just described was a beautiful meditation on the second and third glorious mysteries of the rosary. What was the experience of the apostles during those days when Jesus disappeared from sight in the ascension and then when they're waiting and nine days seems like a long time, you know, when you're, when you're going day by day, it, it stretches out. If you're really focused on it, when they're in that in-between place, they don't know what's going to happen after nine days. We know what happens after nine days, but they didn't know what was going to happen after nine days. And so when you're in that in-between place, that waiting place, waiting for nine days can be real challenging. And so, yeah, the uh, reflecting on their experience and applying that to our own experience, helping ourselves to derive some patience and, and work on what the Lord wants to do in our lives keeping our hearts open, our desires and expectations open, our requests open for nine days, it really stretches us. And I, I mentioned it kind of in passing earlier, but if we, if we happen to miss a day for some reason or whatever, it's, it's amazing. Weekdays tend to be similar to each other. Weekends tend to be very different. It's very easy to get out of our schedule. You know, maybe you go to daily mass, but uh, Sunday you go at a different time or Saturday is a different time and just real easy to get out of your schedule. It's amazing how hard it is to be consistent about something for nine days. And that really cuts across all of the different layers of our lives when we can sustain something for nine days. So um, if you do happen to miss, it's never worth beating yourself up or giving up or uh, we don't want to be 
so uh, scrupulous about it that we can't just entrust ourselves to the mercy of God and his indulgence. But it is wonderful when we can actually sustain a prayer for nine days. It is. It is. And something that obviously we'd invite everyone listening to, to go out and try. Um, there, there's definitely a lot to it. So we thank everyone again for listening to this week's episode. We will be with you next week. Please go out and, and enjoy it and spread the cast as much as you can. Thank you guys very much. See you next week.